Beyond Sin 355. You're listening to Beyond Synth Radio. Let's do this. Coming up, Andy Last interviews the best artists in Synthwave. Beyond Synth is next. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. I am Andy Last. I host the show, and today I am chatting with Future Cop. This one is a long time coming. Of course, Future Cop has been around for a very long time in the synthwave scene, technically before it even was a scene. So it's always nice chatting with OGs of the scene, original gangsters. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing today. So we'll be chatting with Future Cop in just a second. But before we do that, I have a few things to say and we'll get through them as quickly as possible. So number one, we got a few birthdays to do because next week's episode I think is already recorded and I got to make sure I do the March birthdays, but thankfully there's only a few. So it'll take us two seconds and do a quick thank you to my paypals because of course we've been doing the regular uh patreon thank yous in the commercial breaks of beyond synth shows but i don't think this year i've uh, thanked the paypals so you know of course uh people support beyond synth by going to patreon.com slash beyond synth new this year because every week is a different show and we've got the commercial breaks and stuff so we thought it'd be fun to start uh, using the patrons names in the uh commercial breaks and stuff and so that's what we been doing and it's been fun but i would like to say thank you to my awesome paypals because of course some people support beyond synth using paypal which you can do by going to beyondsynth.com and clicking the paypal button awesome people like timothy warwick and russell nyes marcus nord gustav velichek jimmy groon daniel williams digital dreams jersey and ross and jersey i have been receiving your little inspirational synth quotes so uh, don't worry those don't go unread the key to immortality is first living a life filled with synth wave music that is a quote from synth lee every time jersey sends in a donation he sends me a little quote but obviously uh, thank you all so much for supporting the show sometimes i forget to read those names because you know patreon organizes things nicely and paypal i have to do it myself and uh organization is not one of my skills and i would like to wish a happy birthday to all of my awesome Patreon supporters who have birthdays in March. It's time for Beyond Synth Birthdays. Now that's a game changer. So, a very happy birthday to Whalen Kasky Geospatial, a.k.a. Kyle. We met him a few months ago on the Marco and Andy Power Hour. I don't know where Kyle is at this very moment. Perhaps he's serving a tour of duty somewhere. But I hope you had a lovely birthday, because that, of course, was March 7th, which means this is belated. But I hope you uh, you had a good one, and hopefully you uh, get home and celebrate that birthday with uh, your fiancé and go shoot some guns. I'm assuming that's what you want to do on your birthday? I don't know. Anyway, happy birthday, dude. And then happy birthday on March 13th, which is either today, when this episode drops, or 
yesterday, if this episode is late, to Polar Wildcat Studios, a.k.a. Richard. Happy birthday to you, buddy. You're a cool guy. And I hope your birthday wishes come true. Much like Mr. Christopher Albert on March the 20th. So that's in a week. I hope you have an awesome birthday and keep on being cool. You're a cool guy, Christopher Albert. So you put on a fancy hat, and you go out there and you celebrate your birthday, and thank you so much for supporting Beyond Scent. And finally, the awesome Ashley Keegan, who has her birthday at the end of the month, March the 28th. I'm only announcing it now because I'm probably going to forget. So, happy birthday to you. It's very early, so I hope you're prepping. I'm sure you are going to do something fabulous, and I hope you have a good one because you are cool. And of course, Ashley Keegan is forged in neon, which you can check out on all your social medias and stuff like that. And that is the birthday segment. Have a happy birthday. All right. So Future Cop, we're going to go talk to him. Future Cop has a new album coming out in just a few days so I thought we'd listen to one of the songs from that upcoming album and then when the song is finished we will be in conversation with Future Cop so I would like to listen to this track Facing the Past off the upcoming Future Cop album Between the Moon and Stars so it's a cool track and uh, you're gonna dig it so check it out this is Future Cop with Facing the past.
right. Well, I am here now with Future Cop. How's it going, man? Yeah, good. How you doing? You all right? I'm doing all right. And so you are Manz- Manzor, correct? Manzor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I was trying to get the pronunciation right, but you tell me there's actually an alternate pronunciation. There's a lot of alternate pronunciations, but you got it. You got it. It's all good. What's the nature of this name then? Well, I'm Bengali and it's a Bengali Muslim name. So it comes from those two things. But have you? did you grow up in England like your whole life? Yeah. I, I was born here. So I was born in uh, Manchester. So my parents are Bangladeshi. They're from, well, they're from Bangladesh. Bangladesh is quite a new country. Uh, it's 1971 it was made. So around that time, well, there was like a war. Uh, I don't want to get into all that stuff, but they, yeah. that's the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the time they, uh, they came over here. So And then, uh, yeah, I was born in the 80s. That was it, yeah. Do you have relatives over there? Like, do you ever go over there? Yeah, sometimes. Every so often we go there and uh, I've got like family there, extended family, stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't go last year. The year before that I went. When I was growing up, my dad did a lot of business in like Southeast Asia. So we'd go a lot of places like uh, Thailand, Malaysia, things like that. Very, It's like really close to Bangladesh. So I grew up going to all these places all like all my life. I just came back from Thailand, actually. I go into Asia like... Nearly every other year, yeah. My dad is a big uh, sort of world traveler, so when I was a kid, I would I would end up going on all these trips, and I think it was in grade was I in high? No, I was in grade like seven or eight. Uh, I did a Southeast Asia trip. Oh, cool. with just it was just my dad and I, and we did like yeah, we did Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, Macau. Oh, nice. What, why did you like the most? That's a good question. Thailand, I think. I feel like we spent the most time there. It was nice. It was really hot, but it was cool because that was around the time that the Mortal Kombat movie came out. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so I was excited to go to, like, Ayutthaya and places like that because they oh, yeah. because they and filmed they, there, right? Filmed there, yeah, wicked. That's cool. So I saw the temples, and that, that made me happy. I was like, oh, this is where, like, uh, Shang Tsung fucking uh, stole Liu Kang's brother's soul. Like, I know this place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a nice trip. It was funny, because around that time, I, I was very um, feminine-looking. Okay. And I had, like, these, like, long bangs. And for whatever reason, I got a lot of attention from people. Like, oh, really? I, I was reading this, my journal back, and I forgot how many people would, like, just stop me and, like, take my picture. <laughs> it was a really weird... Weird trip. I, I guess I looked. I, I had some sort of exotic look about me to these people yeah. because I was sort of like I had light skin, but I had like dark eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like people would always just stop me, like, "Can I take a picture?" And like oh, it was just funny. weird. Like I didn't, I didn't, I still to this day don't fully understand what was going on <laughs> or like what they found interesting about me. But like it was a, it was a, yeah, that was a weird thing. And hey, whatever, that was my trip to Thailand. Must have had a good look. Yeah. I guess later on in life, I probably would have appreciated that more <laughs> to go over to Thailand and be like, "Hey, all these like." Uh, Thai ladies are like India. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that ship has sailed for me. <laughs> anyway, the point is this. We're talking to you. All right. So <laughs> you just came back from Thailand. What were you doing? No, I just went for like a little holiday. I got for some friends there and things like that. So just met up with them. It was nice. It was hot. Like I came back to Manchester. It was freezing, but... No, it was nice, nice weather. Shit, when I was there, and that was like 20 years ago, and I remember even then going like, wow, it is fucking hot here and humid, and I can't imagine in 20 years it's gotten colder, so... But it's totally changed. I mean, I remember going as a kid, every so often when I go, it's just totally changing. Bangkok's just totally changing all the time. Even to this year, it's like different from like a few years ago I went, but um, still really hot. Like this time, around this time it's okay. But when it gets to like after April, oh, it's unbearable. Can't go. 
I don't know when you went, but it's unbearable after April. I'm trying to think when we were there. We no, we were there probably in winter, t- like our, our winter. So it, it would have been yeah. maybe like January, February, March, yeah, yeah. in between That's there. Yeah, they, they just have they just have summer, summer. Ver- Summer, summer. That's yeah. that's the, <laughs> and then it's just the our our summertime in their place. It's like really hot, really, really. It's wet, way too hot to go. But um, yeah, December, January, February. I think it's probably the best time. I remember it just being really intense. Yeah, and also <laughs> like that, like the city just felt so packed. Yeah, like it was yeah. just like, and there was like so many lanes of traffic and everything. It just it it felt very sort of um, overwhelming in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for me, just coming like the biggest city, you know, over here yeah. is like Toronto, yeah. and it's fairly yeah. sparse. You know what it is? It's the thing about it. I like is it's a bit of chaos. I mean, it's not so much now in Bangkok, but I kind of like it because it's quite colorful. It's just, just it's like out of your comfort zone and. And then you just have to like in your, in your own mind, it's like a way of like you just you can't control much. You just have to let things go. Like you see people taking over people here on the streets, and people getting really angry over there. Like no one will have a straight face. Someone cuts you off, no one's cares. Like just you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. those kind of things. Sometimes it's quite good to like get away from like our kind of like rigid society and go somewhere just beautiful chaos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's always fun to get some noodles in a cart. Yeah, exactly. The food is amazing. Like top. Amazing. I wish I sort of appreciated that more when I was young because I was still at that age where I wanted to eat familiar things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would go to these other countries and try and find like the McDonald's. McDonald's yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you end up with like food poisoning and shit because <laughs> yeah. I should have been eating the damn noodles. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I was getting people to cook burgers who didn't want to cook burgers, right? So yeah, that's great. But you know this, uh, you know they have obviously they have McDonald's KFC. Their McDonald's is really good. Like they have fried chicken in there, and it's really crispy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get that. You don't get fried chicken in McDonald's, and their fried chicken is amazing, unbelievable. To be fair, I remember when we were in Singapore, yeah. the McDonald's was really good. I remember going like, "Wow, this is like this is a fucking good McDonald's," and the pop was <laughs> yeah. huge. Like the large pop was like the size of one of those fucking Seven Eleven like slushies. Like it was just huge. But that's a dumb memory to have of Singapore. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I think back to Singapore and I go like, "Hey, I had a good, I had a good chicken sandwich there." <laughs> well, look, how about this? We'll get this thing started. We'll listen to some music. Then maybe we'll talk about music for a second. <laughs> Cool. Sorry, I don't often talk about music on this show, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna go back in time because obviously you've been uh, making music for for quite a while, a and time, uh, yeah. and we'll talk about that because you're one of those uh, those OGs that was sort of making <laughs> things before this thing was even a scene. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was thinking we'd play Transformers. That's like cool. a an oldie. Yep. And so uh, we'll play that, and then we'll keep chatting. So this is Transformers by Future Cup.
was Transformers by Future Cop, and I'm here right now with Future Cop Manzor, just talking about Thailand and McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, why'd you call yourself Future Cop with an exclamation mark? Oh gosh, I knew it. Everyone asked me that, right? So basically, oh, you have then, to then don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> because just to clear everything up, so okay. you have to rewind when we first started. So it was me and my friend Pete. We like properly started the the band around 2006. To be honest with you, I mean we didn't release anything for years, but 2006. I don't know if you remember, but there, there were bands like uh, Hadouken. They had explanation mark. Panic at the Disco. They had explanation mark. And it was just, like weird names. So they had like the Claxons, New Rave, and there was all these kind of funky stuff going on. We were very young, so we wanted to have a really funny, weird name. So we came up with Future Cop with an explanation mark because at that time it was just like, oh, it's really cool. I mean, we were just out there to make like fun music, so we never really thought it's going to be it's going to last so long. But you know, it, at that time it was always like indie dance music that was big. So it was indie dance goes into clubs, and we'd we'd go there, we'd play DJs, and we'd had this idea like, okay, we finished university, and now we can just do this this kind of music thing and we'll just go out and we'll get paid to go DJing. Oh, we were just, you know, like when you're young, you have this kind of idea. Mm. So we thought, oh yeah, Future Cop. And at that time, you know, there, was, there were bands like Justice and oh, Ed Banger Crew. They had funny names. So that's where it came from. Wait, who is Pete? Pete. So Pete and me, we started the band years that that time. So he was like my friend since I was a teenager. And so we, we used to go out a lot. We used to go out, go out, uh, watch bands and like that indie dance thing we really got into. Like it started with this, the kind of indie stuff, Libertines, and it slowly went into like MGMT, all that stuff in between. We're just really into it. And there was this one guy who was more into the dance scene. He was called Milo. And he did an interview we watched and it was about how we made music. So at that time before this, I don't know if you remember, like electronic production, whether it's Daft Punk or all that, you know, those kind of trancey stuff. It was like quite far away from us. Like to produce something like that, you just think, how on earth, you know, it must take, you must have studios, you must have all sorts. So we, we were, it was far away from us. But slowly, when Milo and all these kind of other bands that did a kind of DIY kind of setup, we listened to the interviews, and one of them, the specific one was Milo, and he explained like how he had knowledge about music. He just got this program called Reason and he made his songs and he just did, and, and all this and we're like alright we could do something here we could do something quite cool so we got that program from uh, Reason we started making music you know uh, what is it like just sending back and forward but our whole thing was like the 80s so we were both born in the 80s but we don't remember it as much but it made us like look into other songs that from the 80s get some synths out there because this kind of Reason program they, all they had was like synths so we thought, okay, look, we can do something here. I know it's, uh, we watched lots of films and stuff like that. And we created like this sound. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to make it so it's dancey. So we put like drums in there. And we, our influence from the drum side was more like disco-y. Like Justice, the new disco, kind of all that kind of stuff was going on. And then that was it. We just kept posting it on MySpace. And we and that time blogs and stuff, we kept sending it to blogs. And I think Transformers was one of the first ever songs we ever made, actually. And then after that, we, we got noticed by like, some managers and starting in gigs. I think our first ever gig was in London, then Cologne, and then we ended up in Australia. It was like, that's how quick it was those days. Right, okay. So where is Pete? So Pete, basically, a few years ago, then he decided, I decided to go solos because he was, he, he basically got into more politics and he was a, he's a writer now and he's into politics and he had a family and stuff. So this is where, you know, there's a time where I like uh, decided I wanted to retire. I don't know, you know, about the, everyone kind of knows so there's that time when I decided okay since I'm doing the music now 
myself, I thought of changing the brand. So changing Future Cup to something else. And I was making music was a bit different to like what Future Cup was. So that's when I decided like maybe I should like think of doing something else, like not putting it under Future Cup, uh, under the umbrella of Future Cup. And I think uh, the more I started making music, the more I realized but the main thing behind it all was like, I wonder what the fans of Future Cup would think about this music. Then I thought like I might as well just keep Future Cup because every song I made sounded like it's Future Cup and I just wanted to know how fans thought and then I decided okay I'm going to come back not to, not to make fun but it is sort of a trope in the synthwave scene <laughs> when artists will re- retire and then come yeah. back like four months later so <laughs> are you saying then when you announced that your intention was never to stop making music it was just that you were just going to yeah. continue making music but just as a different thing and you thought you would just retire the Future Cup yeah, yeah. okay if you, if you listen to Return of Alvagrath that album it's quite different to like the movie album or which the albums come before. And I started doing music that was a bit more different. What I felt was a bit different. Maybe it wasn't, Pete wasn't there to influence me to make it more dancier or, you know, more pop or something. But it, it just had a more atmospheric kind of ambience to it. Then I was thinking, okay, maybe if I release this, I'm losing what Future Cop was. You know what I mean? What, mm-hmm. what it is, because it doesn't sound like what it, we started off with. So then I, that's when I decided, okay, I wasn't going to stop music, but I'm going to make something under my name. It's actually, it was actually just going to be under my name, actually, to be honest with you. But then I think what happened is the more I made music, the more I realized that it sounded still like Future Cop. The feeling of it was still Future Cop. And all I could think of is, of Future Cop fans would love this. Then I was thinking, that's when I decided, like, what's the point of doing another? Because it does actually still sound. And that's when that album... Then a lot of this, few of the songs came into Voltrana and a lot of it came into uh, the latest album. This is something that comes up um, on the show quite a bit when, when we talk about the music. Because I my point of view is, if it's the same artist making the music, like the actual person, yeah. usually I prefer they just keep the name, like keep making music under the same name, unless it's so wildly different. Because I know, like even within the synthwave scene, there were a lot of artists who would like, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing a synthwave thing and like, oh, now this is a dark synth thing. So. I'm going to call it a different name and it's already confusing enough for me to remember who everybody is right I've got like a spreadsheet (laughs) because like I I forget everything and then there's this point where I'm like dude like you know some of my favorite bands you know like Depeche Mode or whatever is an example I always use where their sound evolved over these decades and changed and they've got albums that sound completely different than other ones but they're still Depeche Mode because at the heart of it it's still the same writer and same singers and stuff so there's nothing wrong with that like if it's totally right I mean I think uh, it is like involvement I just I'll give you an example so when we did the NASA track that was did quite well for us uh, years ago it was actually a song without drums and I remember we made this in an apartment and Pete was with me and he was like okay why don't you put this bass line in and this one I was like no 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 it's, it's a really relaxing song why are you putting this in and then he managed to convince me and I put these faster drums made it into like 125 BPM or something put this bass line in and yeah, I think uh, we, when we released it, I mean, even Annie Mack in it from the BBC, they, she played it. So I was like, all right, it's cool. So like the thing is, what, what happened with our chemistry is he'd make it a bit more like a pop dance feel to it. So that's why like when uh, I was doing my album without him, it just this whole lot of future cop. And you're right though, like I guess it's a, still an involvement, evolving thing. So then I realized it, it doesn't matter if it has that bass line or if it has the drums. It's actually more about the feeling. And I think the future cop fans, they're also growing with me as well. So I was thinking, okay, I'll release it like that. And I released it, uh, the album from Oceans Within. And yeah, a lot of people liked it. And I was like, oh, cool. I was quite nervous about it. I still send it to him. <laughs> like, I'm making an album now and uh, I just send it to him and he tells me the like opinions and stuff. The next album I'm going to do is actually a lot more dancier. 
like a more, more dancier, poppier, a uh, bit bit of a throwback to the what it was before. So yeah, <laughs> is that Pete's advice always just like put some more drums in it? I think uh, it's his influence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, let's uh, listen to another song and then we'll keep talking. I want to listen to well, this is a track from uh, Fairy Tales. You got lots of albums, so we're just gonna fucking jump all over the place. <laughs> uh, this is a track I dug called uh, "Into Your Heart," cool. featuring. Is that Hans? Is that how they say that? Well, Hans. Hans, maybe, but um, I'm from Manchester, so it's Hans. Hans. All right. Hans. 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 All right, okay. Well, this is uh, Into Your Heart featuring, uh, oh, I'm going to say it like that now, Hans and Mosaic. (laughs) uh, And we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Light, and that was Into Your Hearts, featuring Huns and Mosaic <laughs> by Future Cop with an exclamation mark. And I'm here right now with Future Cop, a.k.a. Manzor, and we are talking about making music and Pete. Uh-huh. So you're still close with Pete. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, still my best friend, yeah. How long were you friends with him for? God, a long time. Since I was 18, maybe. Something like that. Long time. Yeah, it's nice having friends. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. So what? So then what? <laughs> so in in the early days, then because the context for me is like I started this show in 2013. Mm. You know, the synthwave scene it's sort of been around for a little bit, but it definitely started to really like take off around that time. Yeah. And there began this sort of network of people working with each other and collaborations and stuff. But for you, in these sort of early days, like how did you go about meeting people Gosh. and like getting these like collaborations together? I mean, back then, like I'm saying, uh, our first gigs, first gig was 2007 and then 2008. 2009 we did a massive USA show like so around that time uh, it was a bit difficult I mean luckily Synthwave it's a really cool thing I mean it's a good uh, community everyone's working together everyone kind of gets what's going on that time it was like it was hard to I guess put us where we were because mostly it was instrumental it was kind of like poppy you know dancey but poppy you know what I mean mm. At around that time as well they were like like I said like Ed Banger Justice those kind of things were quite big so but we did get we used to get gigs around that indie dance kind of scene so we meet people through the indie dance scene so we do gigs with metronomy we did gigs with uh, all these kind of indie type type bands so i remember um, we we talked to them through those channels we did south by southwest you know we'd be in a show where there'll be like indie music and really hard electro music and then there'll be, there'll be us sometimes quite i don't know it was quite daunting because there's one time i remember like we were playing in uh, sydney and uh, there's a band that came on and you know it was really like rough music it was like electro harsh kind of like noisy kind of music right mm. and i remember we were coming after him and then people were going crazy for him like so they people were going literally crazy it was like a, going to see like a punk rock show it's like a punk rock show right so he's djing and then we're gonna go after us and start playing i don't know star worshiper and transformers and we're like oh yeah, shit yeah. What are we <laughs> It was that every time we had a gig, we were like, oh, shit. And every time we had it, right, I'm telling you, it was good because there were people who were like, wow, that's so cool. What is that? Like, there it won't be like people going crazy, crap, you know, like moshing or anything. To Obviously, it's not moshing kind of music. But there would be like freaking hardcore fans in Sydney, like thousands of miles away. Like, it was just quite heartwarming. And then there will be people who were like, would come to us. They're like, what kind of music is this? I mean, there was no synthwave. So you have to imagine there's no synthwave. It was just this. And slowly from that, we, we found other people who did it, like the Valerie crew. So then we were like, oh, there's some other people who do it in France. And then other people did it. And that's kind of like the community through that. So it was through MySpace and then through like Facebook and then like through indie people. And it was all that kind of mishmash. And yeah, that's the way we got like people to sing. I mean, people we got to sing on those times was pretty hard because of the style of music we do. But the second reason it was hard is because we weren't that good. Like people don't realize we, were, we weren't that good. Like I'm being honestly serious. There are I can tell you stories. There was like singers who wanted to sing on our show, uh, not show, on our on our track, <laughs> and we would pretend that we were good. This is no joke. We pretend, I'm not going to say who the singers are. We would pretend we were good and panic when we're together. Like what do we do now? How do we put this together? Why doesn't it match together? What? Do we, what is it? I mean, we had no clue. So at that time, we we had singers, but we didn't reach out too much for them just so you'll see at the beginning there was a lot of instrumentals yeah not because we just loved it i mean we loved it but second reason is because we just weren't that good at putting vocals together <laughs> we're really pants and we'd like hide away and like 
we're like, oh, are these really professional indie musicians or what we're going to, you know, it was just like that. I think uh, slowly though, obviously we got better. Even now I sometimes struggle to be honest with vocals, but at the beginning it was, it was hard. It was really hard. Before like the synth wave scene kind of formed, because it was, it was more around like sort of 2011 when that kind of word starts sort of cropping up. So like before that time, then what did you, was it indie electronic? Is that what you would, if someone asked you what you did? Yeah, it was like indie dance. We just, we'd say it was, it's like MGMT, but without the vocals. Mm. (laughs) We just That's the only way we can say it because they, they were, they were like, we're big fans of them. And they had had a kind of poppy thing going on. And it was like the feeling of MGMT or Phoenix, but without Phoenix, without the guitars and the vocals. But uh, it was just a feeling. But we had a very specific thing because we were very much into the 80s. And when, when I mean the 80s, I mean 80s is like a whole decade. What we were into is like the nostalgic part of the 80s. There are some things that we, we got inspired by that we never watched when we were kids. So like, for example, there, there'll be like some films or TV shows that will we'll rediscover and it'll give us a sense of like oh we missed that when we were kids we'll look at older people and realize i wonder what they felt like when they were kids watching it so it came from a feeling of like nostalgia so there's a bit of like it's kind of like uplifting but then there's a bit of sadness as well because you've gotten older (laughs) but it's like that's where we like harness the kind of feeling into the music and it's still to this day it's that thing so it's not technically a's we're not making it is like a soundtrack kind of vibe but it's like that feeling of nostalgia and a rediscovery of nostalgia as well so we're rediscovering ourselves through people's eyes or people how they see so a lot of in my family like the you know i see sometimes photos and i just wonder like how it felt like when they first you know like my parents first met each other you know the romance they had you know just little things like that and then we try to get that and then we put it into this production and since the beginning it was always like that we talk a lot about stuff like that like about our families and people we knew and how it was then and what they grew up with and we like interview them indirectly obviously but we'll interview them like oh what what films did you like and they'll say oh like this and we'd go out and our way and find that film to watch it stuff like that we used to do you know obviously now because the synthwave scene is a thing and in some ways has gone through like a lot of life cycle because <laughs> you know because now there's all these people who are within the synthwave scene inspired by the synthwave scene yeah yeah and yeah, right. it's understood now what synthwave and that sort of nostalgic scene is mm. so you see a lot of these tropes about like going to the arcade and Countach's and Lamborghinis and you know like Knight Rider and Don Johnson you know like there's all these things that are these sort of tropes of nostalgia and so it's interesting i guess talking to you because you were sort of having to do this before this was even a thing you know that's why it's neat the idea of you like doing research and like talking to people and sort of figuring things out because i feel like now the path is sort of laid out for people it's like what is nostalgia oh it's uh 80s cop movie tropes of the angry sergeant who's hand me your gun and your badge and you know neon lights and shit and and it's sort of it's like it's laid out for people now laid out yeah it's really good I mean that whole community the whole idea behind it how it came about it's amazing like um, I, don't, I don't think it's going to end this is going to last for a long time because that kind of style of electronic music it's not anywhere else if you know what I mean I mean people try to make subgenres of it but overall it is synthwave and it's good to have like a name that you could put it under so you can tell people oh like you know I'm into synthwave so you get the vibe of what you're into so it's pretty good I mean back, like I said back then I couldn't there's no synthwave I was just like I had to say like I said MGMT without the vocals yeah I, mean, I couldn't say it was 80s music coming forward and people were like what does that even mean it's quite hard to explain so it's really cool like, like especially young people trying to be producers and make kind of music they can go into like a kind of community it's pretty cool and they're really good as well freaking hell some of them out there flipping 
top top producers out there <laughs> i'm like when i listen to you i'm like freaking out what have i been doing all these years i'm like these guys are amazing well it's nice i mean i i always loved retro synth sounds yeah so that was just always a thing i loved so like w- as soon as i discovered like the synth wave stuff i was immediately within seconds i was like i i, I knew i wasn't gonna make any and i'm just like dude i gotta do something right so that's when i started like interviewing people and stuff because it was like it's such a compelling form of music for me like when i listen to it it's very i like music that sort of like is very evocative yeah yeah makes you makes you think of scenes and and uh ideas and stuff like that because it's the experimental aspect i liked of like when you listen to 80s synth music Mm -hmm. because they're like it's a new piece of gear you know what i mean it's like it's this new kit you get to fucking fool with and make noises with and stuff it's it's neat the days before presets and all that yeah yeah no i know what you mean i mean when you listen to like his music there's someone told me something about the 80s i don't know if it's true or not people in the 60s the kids of the 60s i don't know if this is true so because it was all about you know in the 60s you know everyone did a lot of acid and whatnot and by the time that in the 80s they started running companies and that's why the 80s was so crazy because the people who did acid were doing they're running the whole they're ruining the music industry they're <laughs> So that's why, like, even the music was just crazy. They're all, like, doing LSD in the 60s. I don't know if that's true or not, but someone told me that. When you watch the film, sometimes some of the films, they're a bit... They're all wild, right? Yeah, they are. The thing that I've always said about (laughs) the 80s that I love is that even though that is when, like, you know, the big sort of, like, the Hollywood machines start to churn out blockbusters and, you know, there's movies being made by committees and, you know what I mean? But at the same time, experimentation and, like discovery like because obviously now movies are literally made with a formula right like you go to a marvel movie you could probably count down to the minute when the action scene is going to be when the joke is going to be you know because they've got it down to a science but in the 80s you would still have a movie where they're like yeah we think howard the duck is going to be a hit you know what i mean yeah you're right yeah, you've got a good point. So it still is like where they they do want these movies to be yeah. hits and they're they're blockbusters, but they're still kind of figuring out like you're right. I didn't thought of it like that. Yeah, there's room to experiment there. Yeah, and I think with synthesizers, it's the same kind of thing because it was like this new piece of technology, and you you make sounds, mm. and so that's you know that's anyway whatever that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's i never thought about it like that. that's actually a good point yeah but uh i was about to say speaking of good points let's listen to a song because <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> how about this we are gonna listen to a song we'll keep chatting yeah i want to move forward you mentioned it earlier your album uh return to uh alv alvograph that's a tough one to say do you have a particular favorite track from that one i think my favorite would be like Echoes of Destiny, maybe. Well, let's listen to that, and then we'll uh, we'll keep chatting. Cool. Uh, this is uh, Echoes of Destiny by Future Cup. Yeah. 
All right, and that was Echoes of Destiny by Future Cop off the album Return to Alvagrath. What is Alvagrath? It's made up. So our first first EP was uh, The Unicorn and the Lost City of Alvagrath. We just wanted to make it as stupid as possible, Mm. our first EP. So but the whole idea was it was like a fantasy kind of film, kind of style, you know, like it's the unicorn. So we made a kind of little story. It was only three tracks. Because that, that, the first EP, The Unicorn and the Lost City of Babelgrad, was in 2008. And it was a record about the nostalgic part of the 80s. So I thought, okay, I'll make something that's like the nostalgic part of 2008. So that's Return to Alvagra. There you go. So if you were through this project kind of like discovering 80s things and stuff, like what was the actual stuff you were watching and you were consuming when you were growing up? Oh, when I was what I was watching when I was growing up. Oh, it was just like the standard, wasn't it? It was E.T. or what was it? Back to the Future. And uh, the main, the number one thing that really influenced me was the Transformers 1986 movie. Now, that was, I think, influenced me a lot to like create a sound. The film was like big part of me when I was growing up as a kid and then it was the as an adult I'd he listened to the music again and then like the synths and everything it's pretty cool like it's really nicely done even now sometimes I still look back into the 80s I mean there's so much I can get now I'm looking at like I, I was watching like Hong Kong movies from the 80s and uh, I've never watched it before but recently I watched A Better Tomorrow and man that was such an awesome film have you watched that? No oh you gotta watch it it's sick there's not just the soundtrack but just the movie is sick a better tomorrow. You gotta watch it. All right, I'll put that on the list. Sick. My list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Oh, honestly, it's amazing. I and mean, the thing is, I keep re- because it's been so long, I have to go back, and I can't keep watching Transformers 1986 movie. So I'm like looking at all. The- <laughs> I, just watch- I watch like a movie every day. I think just to like rediscover things. And I watched that, and I was like, whoa, that is a sick movie with a sick soundtrack. So yeah. All right, I'll I'll check it out. On some last time I watched Transformers the movie, I think like Transformers the movie does have a cool score. Yeah. I- I've always found the balance is a little weird in that film, like because like the score is cool, but then when it does like these weird, silly like um, like the actual soundtrack, sometimes I don't always feel goes with what's going. You know, like there's like the Weird Al bit. Yeah. Even though we, I, I do like Weird Al, like he's fun, but like that whole Dare to Be Stupid sequence is really goofy. Yeah, it's goofy. Yeah, it's like my childhood, I guess. Just, that film, I think I watched it maybe far too much. Like I watched it on repeat, maybe a day, few days. <laughs> It's not only the 80s. There's some things I've taken from the other decades, for you know. So like, there's oh, this Field of Dreams, for example. That's a, one of my favorite movies. Really, it's that it's from the 80s actually. Yeah, Field of Dreams, but it's got a like uh, a, a nice orchestral kind of soundtrack. But it's got a nice feeling to it. So sometimes it's not just the synth sound. Sometimes I take it from that as well. As as it evolved, I guess Future Cop. I sometimes watch different types of films from different decades. I can take it from there. I guess it's like the feeling. I, if I had to explain it, it's like a feeling rather than the sounds, I guess. What was always so interesting to me about this scene in the first place was that it's the sound that evokes nostalgia, yeah. but then when you actually take it apart, each individual element, you go like, well, that's... There's nothing about this that's necessarily 80s, but for some reason, when they're together, yeah. it makes you gives you that weird sort of dreamlike, nostalgic feeling. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I always just really loved about it. And there was so many, you know, artists doing this. Although, mind you, in 2013, it was a lot less. It was a lot more manageable for me back then. Hmm. When like the you know like the synthwave Facebook group, it used to be synthetics, and there was like you know maybe like 200 members, and it was like it was nice. Hmm. And now <laughs> now there's like thousands, and they all have names like fucking run way 81 and fucking laser night 92 you know what i mean like they all have these sort of similar kind of names and uh it's hard for me to keep track of everything but whatever it's like uh 
I guess that's my job. <laughs> I, you know what the thing with the Transformers though? Like I always preferred because I when I grew up, like I used to watch the cartoon, like the the show. Yeah. yeah. And the season three theme song is still, I think, my favorite iteration of that theme. I know everyone loves the movie one. Yeah. And the movie one is, like, sort of big, and it's got, like, the guitars and shit, but, like, the season three version of the theme is my favorite. It's very synthy, and it's got this background beat thing where it's like, and, like, it's like, it just, it sounds so cool. I've always loved that one. I didn't even know that one. Yeah, 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 because they, they changed it every season. So there's the the kind of the first season one. It's, it's weird. It's almost like not even in time properly. Like they just recorded it live or something. Yeah. Maybe the budget wasn't too high or whatever. <laughs> and then like they would change. But holy smokes, dude. Uh, I was, um, uh, watch, you ever watch Tubi? It's like the, you can watch like movies and TV shows for free. It's like a streaming service. Tubi. Yeah, it's called Tubi. T-U-B-I. I think they, they probably have it over in, in Europe as well. It's, it's like Netflix, except you have to watch commercials, mm-hmm. but it's free. Like you don't have to pay for it. Anyway, so they've got a lot of content on there and like a lot of shit from the 80s mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you went to the videos like one of those like kind of sleazy video stores you know like with all the horror films in the back and stuff <laughs> yeah. and the other day I was going through there have been like so many iterations of Transformers like over the years like there's like a new Transformers cartoon like every other year yeah yeah some of them I've never even heard of before like it'll be like Transformers Generation X Multiverse <laughs> well I'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> and each one has a version of the Transformers theme song. Oh, really? And some of them are fucking horrible. <laughs> and there's, like, so many of them. Like, I the other day, I was just flipping through watching Transformers, and I would just go to the next show and go, like, what's the, what's the version of Transformers sound like in this show? And, like, God, they just kept on getting worse and worse. Anyway, sorry. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, to be honest, I don't, I, I don't even follow it. You know, that, that the 1986 Transformers is something that, like, I think triggered it off. But, you know, I, actually, I haven't even watched the film for years now. But it's like the catalyst that triggered the whole Future Cop thing. I had to find something, and it was through that. But maybe I should watch it again. It's nice that the animation is a little bit better in the movie than it is in the TV show. I still like it. Uh, the thing is, I just like it because it was my childhood, I guess. That's it. But was that it? Like, was that, like, your favorite? That was loads. That's, I mean, I can't even think. I mean, the, the thing is, even throughout the process, I mean, I, I watch films all the time, and there's a certain type of feeling you get. It's like I incorporate that in my music. So, for example, like, I know how to play synths, right? But I'm crap at guitar. I could play a bit, but I could... Uh, I could do I could do since so when I have a feeling of like I want to make something an inspiration from a movie that's the only thing I know so it ends up becoming through since if you know what I mean so like I'd watch say for example like I like there's scenes um, in films that like really touches me and that's when I get my inspiration so things like like almost like the film almost famous at the end the, the scenes of like Shawshank Redemption there's like these kind of there's this certain types of parts of films that really touches me and that's probably where I get my inspiration to like sit down and be like oh I'm gonna make something that I felt 
watching this film, and it just comes out as music with synthesizers. If that, does, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, I, I'd watch like random films to like get that feeling. I, I'd watch a film and it'd be pants. I'm like, oh, I can't get that feeling. I watch another one, and then some. On one time, you just get it. Like, a, like that film I said, I better tomorrow. I watched that a few months ago, and I got the feeling. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. There's loads of films like that, and that's why I get my inspiration. I think mostly towards something that really touches me. It's like quite heartfelt, and that's how I put it into music. I, I'm just discovering it every every day. Like every day, I'm watching something. That's funny, that isn't it? I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, every single day, I'm watching it new movie to get this feeling yeah well it's good though I mean like there is it's a dumb thing to say but I mean like there is so many like actual great films and I think sometimes whenever I'm down on movies it's just because I, I just watched a whole bunch of mediocre kind of shit in a row <laughs> you know I'll be watching like these like mediocre Star Wars TV shows and shit on Disney and stuff <laughs> and I'll be like oh man everything sucks now it's just because I'm not watching like the special things. Yeah. I think I'm going to make a pledge now to just watch stuff that people say is good. I'll tell you a, a, a film I watched the other day that's good. It's a film called Not One Less. You have to watch it. Now, that is a cool film. Not One Less. I think it's, yeah, Not One Less. Oh my gosh. Is there robots in it? No, no, it's like it's like a remote village in China. Uh, I can't say I, I can't say too much about it, but like uh, it's like a really young teacher and she's teaching like these kids and one of the kids goes missing and it's just like how determined she is to like try to find this kid. But it's so good. Like you go watch it. Like that kind of film, even though it's got no sense and stuff, it's got probably some <laughs> Like, I love that it, we're always judging things on like yeah, it seems, but it's like really inspires me to like make a song like this is a kind of film that will inspire me as well to make a song but it's such a good film you gotta watch it well that's the thing because that's like the inspirational power of like good art I think now there's the problem is since I love sci-fi and I love superheroes and things like yeah. this that there's been you know nerd culture took over and there's been this um, I think the word is commodification or something like that but you know basically like everything is content now Yeah. so there's less care put into things and unfortunately it's in the genre that I love which is sci-fi and superheroes and stuff mm-hmm. so I just end up watching a lot of stuff that just isn't it doesn't it doesn't move me in that same way and then when I watch something good then you're you're reinvigorated again like i'm always reinvigorated by a great film and i guess i just have these weird expectations where i just go like oh but i want that film to have robots in it (laughs) and like time travel and stuff and sometimes it's just like no maybe you just gotta fucking watch like just a really good drama you know what i mean like and then this will reinvigorate you because it's a good movie as opposed to you know having robots (laughs) <laughs> uh, let's let's move ahead here to uh, which we go. Let's let's go to Voltrana. How about that? Yeah, cool. There's a nice song in here uh, featuring Parallels, which is good. It's called "We Belong," oh. and uh, let's listen to that.
All right, and that was We Belong, featuring Parallels by Future Cop. And I'm here right now with Future Cop Manzor talking about watching good movies and Transformers and... Milo explained that he used reason to make music, and then you're like, I'm going to do that too, me and Pete. Yeah. You know, and that reason, the program we bought was like, uh, not an official one. I hope mm. they don't listen to this, but yeah, it was pirated or something. Someone mm. gave me a CD. So it sounds like you didn't buy it then. <laughs> I didn't buy it, no. Well, you just said the, the one we bought was on... <laughs> I know, I just remembered. No, I just you just remember these things, those silly things you do as... As a kid, like oh no, I used to do that all that. Like no, there's no, there's no shame in it. I mean, I feel like I bought at one point. I bought FL Studio just because I always had like a pirated version for like ten years or something yeah. since like the very first one. I'm like, you know what? I'll buy it. Why not? It was actually a, a nice purchase to have because I'll fool around with it occasionally, and like it's like lifelong updates yeah, yeah. for that program. So that was pretty good. And After Effects, I used to use a lot, and I pirated it until one day I did buy it and it was like a thousand dollars wow and that was like okay I'll buy I'll do it because I I was working so like I was using it all the time like for work and I just thought you know okay fine I'll throw them bone because it was a very useful product but now you got to be part of the creative cloud the Adobe creative cloud and you got to give them like fucking 70 bucks a month (laughs) which I guess is maybe better I don't know because before before the creative cloud it cost if you wanted the fucking master suite of Adobe, it was like twenty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I mean, if you're starting out, I shouldn't like encourage this, but you know, try and make music and get a program anywhere possible just to like figure out if you really like it. But once you get into it, I mean, it's all right. You have to you have to put this kind of uh, investment into this. Yeah. See, you're a good guy. Yeah. I know where you. <laughs> Manzor is an honorable man. You have to because then it's like. It makes you feel good, isn't it? Like, oh, I'm in, I'm actually now in the music industry. I should like invest in this and do this. I should do that kind of thing. If you know what I mean? No, I get it. Who makes the music videos? The Future Cop music videos? It's quite a few. I mean, depends which ones. Well, I don't know. Just in general. What about this one? We belong. That was an interesting one, right? Oh, that one. Yeah, I knew I knew a girl, and she went back to India, and they they have a video production. Very interesting that video, isn't it? And luckily, her sister used to had a production company. They had like a film made and I said I've got this song can we can I use this you know it's their copyright so can I use this and then you know and then they all agreed and I made this really cool video and that, the whole bunch of Voltrana I got quite into like some Eastern philosophy and all that kind of stuff to like get some kind of idea about what the album concept would be and luckily that came through and everything came in line and you know it just just happened like that started off with that video yeah cool video that that was an interesting time too because there was a few videos that were put out on new retro waves channel yeah which kind of pissed me off a bit but it sort of showed like the kind of the shitty side of the synthwave scene because there's some people have very specific ideas of like what is meant to accompany music like this yeah um it wasn't just your video it was uh also there was like an arcade hide one as well that it was weird they would be like these weird triggers for people and they would get upset because obviously this video is not following like some blonde lady in a bikini next to a fucking sunset or whatever (laughs) right it was showing these kids it was in india and it was like sort of following this thing and i like i don't really consider myself 
myself like a super woke guy, but I'm not like anti-woke either. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are very sensitive now. It's like the second something happens and they feel like it's like some diversity thing or something. Yeah. And uh, and that was like what, what, like a lot of the comments seem to be like on this video. I think New Retrowave eventually shut them off. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. I got that from that video as well, I remember. But at the end of the day, you know, it's my expression and I'm not doing it for any political... I'm not doing it so oh, this is a new angle you can see in Synthwave. It's just like, this is my project and this is how I'm presenting it to you. I don't, I'm not here to like impress everyone. It's just like, I'm just expressing it. It's just similar to how I began. Like you express it, people like it, they like it. If they're not, there's nothing you can do because it's like, I have to express it. I can't just do it the way you think because there's, there's maybe thousands of you. So I got to just present it my way. And I hopefully, maybe 50% will hate it, but I know, I, I you know, fingers crossed 50% would absolutely love it so if i just did it for everybody i don't think everybody people might like it but i don't think i'll reach that audience that will think wow that was something special if you know what i mean well see because i'm always um appreciative of anyone who tries something different Mm -hmm. or does something new you know and i think around this video in particular it frustrated me a bit the sort of reaction only because to me it was like what i love about this sort of music is it's kind of universal yeah and you don't have to exist in such rigid boundaries that like well you play this music so you have to have a fucking (laughs) 80s cop and a guy with a mullet and all this stuff and it was it was interesting just seeing that this sort of music juxtaposed with like these images of like you know these these kids in india just sort of like going about their day and stuff and there's just people right now online they have their backs up to like any any time they feel like there's some like diversity thing like they just they, they become immediately defensive even if that's not it's not what it's what the intention yeah, like yeah. you're not going out there going like hey look at my super woke yeah. video it's like i'm not doing it all listen you don't i really don't care about all that stuff but all i care about i've got you know it's just like my expression so this video it was nothing to do with anything it was just to do with that song the idea of the album my friend i had she could make this really sick video it's going to be in india like if it was someone in my position they're going to be like, oh no, no it's all right i won't do it like of course you're going to do it it's, it's like a sick idea but like the whole reason i think people are it's like a control kind of thing so they want to control because they love it so much they love synthwave so in in a way you can see the positive of it like people love that scene so much that they will like do it like that but i can guarantee you, a few years later people change like everything changes a few years later they'll change their mind I mean, actually, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's what, it tends to happen all the time. But the, the reason I think maybe people are really, they get a bit fidgety or, oh no, that's not synthwave. I think, I think it shows that they, they really care and love it. But they need to realize like to love something, just like if you have a friend or you have like a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever it is, you got to let them go a bit. You got to let them just do what they're going to do. You know what I mean? You can't just use synthwave and make it into like, oh, it's mine. Like that's not going to work because that's not love. You're just like grabbing it and protecting it too much. You got to like sometimes let it go and, you know, see how it goes about and then see how it progresses in life and see how it grows i think that's probably the best way to look at it well also too since there's so much for me personally i'm always going to gravitate towards people who are trying to do new things i mean that's that's also the the magic is when you see someone who sort of does something that's sort of it's why i loved synthwave in the first place that it was partially familiar and partially new yeah and so you're listening to this stuff that's like it's evoking nostalgia but it's new music music. like I'm not listening to a song from the 80s I'm listening to a song from now but it's doing this thing you know I feel like the the best artists in the synthwave scene do that where I listen to a song I'm like oh this is new and fresh 
and it's still kind of embodying like the aspects of synthwave and so in that regard people will experiment and you know like some things won't work and some things will and that always has to be for me anyways like um i i always have to acknowledge that when people are doing it and so when i see people get really defensive about what it should and shouldn't be and people saying rules and like it's not synthwave if you're not using this BPM or you're not using this instrument it's like well then fuck off like you know what I mean like at some point you, you know we're probably three weeks away from AI generating this music anyway so like <laughs> that's probably true yeah you're right just wait for that go that's into the really fucking true. generator type in like yeah. Mitch Murder but a song about airplanes and you'll fucking get a track that's good point that yeah you never know like, see that we belong track. If you really delve deep into it, right, it's about these kids, right? So it's a bit like Stand By Me, but it's in India. And it's about, I mean, there there's like similarities if they really want to see it in that way. But it no matter, like, at the end of the day, you're going to, an artist is going to just express what they're going to express. And sometimes people don't like it. When I was a kid, you know, you know, corn, right? The band. Yeah. Corn, obviously, everyone knows. But <laughs> I know the food. <laughs> the lead singer, Jonathan Davis, he said something that was, it stuck with me for the rest of my life. He said that when you put something out there, you don't want everybody to just like it. When you put something out there, you want 50% to love it and some 50% to hate it because then that love is more important. I remember it stuck with me that, and I was like, oh, everything I did, you know, you gotta, you just gotta express the way you express. People will hate you, but the other 50% don't, don't deny, like, don't forget them. They love you. Forget about just pleasing everybody. They're just gonna like you. I'm, I'm working on a ratio of uh, like uh, 1% love for the stuff that I put out there. No, I'm so And then uh, 90% just going like, what the fuck is this? No, I'm sure they love it. Well, see, I like your positive attitude. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Even these fans of Synthway Onan, they just love the scene. The only way you can see it is they just love it so much. Yeah. That's why they, they want to hold on to it. It's not that, it's not actually that bad of a thing. If you really think about it, that's that's why they do it. Sometimes, though, I wonder, though, if there's a slight... Well, this is, this would be, like, reading too much into it. Like, if there's something slightly unhealthy about it, like, if it's, like, really about the nostalgia because they just don't want to be living in this time. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very important to transport themselves back to, like... That's true. The, like, those football players who are, like, all fat now, but they just they, they keep on thinking the best time in their life was, like, two years in high school where they yeah. were, like, the coolest person. You know what? You got a good point there. It's a really good point. No, I'm just, I'm not kidding you, right? You know, when I was younger, when I used to do music, I used to think, oh, I love music. I'm going to escape into my music and yeah, everything's going to be fine, right? But now the way I look at it is like, you, you do music to escape, but that's not necessarily a good thing. You got to come back to like what it is now, like the present moment. But in doing that, you got to have like a bit of a balance. You got to have like that side and that side. I, I, I can't just, you can't just live in the past. But what I'm saying is uh, you kind of have to know where you came from, if you know what I mean. Like, so say like as a kid, there are some certain feelings you had that um, it's quite good if you could understand like where it came from. Heartfelt feelings, you know, whether it's to your family or your friends or something. And they, they, obviously there's lots of bad things and but there's some things that you can take out of it, but you can't just live in it because right now is the present moment. So even when I do music, I don't constantly, I can't just live in it. I have to live in right now. Like I got to, I got to have that balance. Without that balance, you, you, it's like those, uh, what is it? What do you say? The footballers or something? Yeah, like, well, that's right. Like, <laughs> you, you can't do that. You can't like, but we're all human. We love majority of humans. They do sometimes look at the past or the future and stuff like that. But to know like in your private life to like how to balance it, it's quite important, I think. Because if I was just doing Future Cop, music all day long yeah i'd probably like come back into real society and just be like hiding in a corner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like what is this place <laughs> 
Well, look, let's listen to another song here. Let's move forward. All right. I got, uh, there's a nice uh, instrumental here from uh, from Oceans Within. All right, cool. And uh, there's a track called When Sunrise, which I dig. Oh, yeah. Which, which I'd like to listen I'm to. I'm singing to my own song, Outside Is That. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked track. <laughs> well, let's listen to that, and then we'll, uh, we'll keep chatting. This is uh, When Sunrise by Future Cup. And that was Future Cup with the track When Sunrise. And I'm here with Future Cop right now, Manzor, talking about 
What are we talking about here? You bought a lot of stuff out of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you are very good. Like, you, you're a good interviewer. I'm just talking to you, I'm just saying, oh, everything, I'm expressing everything. I consider this show not really a, a, as much of a interview as I do a conversation. It's almost, it's become my social. I used to talk on the phone a lot yeah. when I was young. And in recent years, I'm selfishly getting that same from just uh, chatting to <laughs> chatting to musicians on this show. This would have been my phone call to my buddy or something. <laughs> No, it sounds like that, yeah. That's why I think maybe I, I, I gravitate a lot to this scene because, like, you know, we all have kind of similar cultural yeah. touchstones, I guess, you know, like yeah. the movies and the music and stuff and then the nostalgia because I feel like sometimes when I really don't connect with people, it's usually just because I just don't understand their cultural references. You know what I mean? It's like talking to a young person and they're talking to you about shit where they're just like, oh, did you see this fucking trend on TikTok? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I was wicked, yeah. Well, what do you do for fun then? Are you just were you watching movies all the time? Do you play games? What do you do? I don't really play games that much, but the one game I'm playing is the new Ninja, the Ninja Turtles one. Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, I was playing that. Yeah, I don't even play that game that much, but I was playing that. It's it really good. But yeah, it, otherwise I do like well, I do gym a lot, kung fu. What? I do uh, yoga. Kung Fu? Do Kung Fu, yeah. <laughs> Are you substituting a different word, or do you actually mean literally Kung Fu? What did I say? Kung Fu? Yeah, you said Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Yeah. Is it my accent? Usually now, everyone's always like, oh, I'm into mixed martial arts, or I'm into fucking uh, jujitsu or whatever. I've not heard anyone ever say literally Kung Fu. Oh, no, I'm really into Kung Fu. Into Kung Fu. I do a bit of yoga, but really into Kung Fu. A lot into, like, gym and stuff like that and what else I don't know wait hold on hold on here like you go to like kung fu like classes and stuff classes yeah Okay, the reason why I'm laughing is in the present day, in the year like, you know, 2023, yeah. you know, people, you know, like it's cool to say like, oh, they do uh, fucking uh, jujitsu is big, even karate, but kung fu is like a term I never hear used. I like the like, there's a history about kung fu, I just really like it, how it started, how like the Shaolin kung fu happened, and in Manchester, there's like a place that does it, and then years ago I started it, and yeah, I just carried on, I just really like it. Just like doing it, I don't know. Kung Fu, is it not popular? I thought it was quite popular. No, it's not that it's not popular. It's that when we say the word Kung Fu, that's usually like a catch-all term. Like if you see a movie like The Matrix or something, you know, it's like, oh, it's like one of them Kung Fu films. Like you, oh. you say the word Kung Fu as a sort of a placeholder for just general karate type action or whatever. Oh, no. But I never hear anyone say like, hey, I'm in a Kung Fu class. <laughs> but obviously it must exist. Yeah, yeah. What's the ethos of Kung Fu then? Is it another one of those like defensive ones where it's like, you do not kill or, or do you learn to kick people in the neck or what? No, Kung Fu is like, so the one I do is actually Shaolin Kung Fu. So basically it can never be an Olympic sport, but it's like, it's really like street fighting. So it's kind of like whole purpose of it was street fighting back in the day. But there's a, like a spiritual aspect of it as well. So I don't know, I don't want to bore you, but like, it's like a, this Buddhist spiritual aspect of like this monk going from India, finding a place in China, recreating like Chan and turned out to be Zen and recreating Kung Fu. Like he, it, basically Shaolin Kung Fu was the first institutionalized martial art form. 
And there's other kind of art form, but this person is called a Bodhidharma. He created like a Chan Buddhism or Zen Buddhism together with a, basically it was Buddhism plus Taoism. And he created a philosophy, plus he created this fighting style. There's also the meditation part of it, and then there's also the Qigong style of it. So I just like the whole idea about it, the history of it, and when I'm doing it, I just feel like really good about it. So that's like the whole thing. When do they teach you to, sh- to throw the yoga flame? <laughs> Does that happen? No, I have the I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> that's why I'm doing it. I just want to do the yoga flame, you know. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. It's been years. I might, I might have to tell him. Like, listen, <laughs> when is this Hadouken going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, wait, so Kung Fu, so you do, is Kung Fu like this is like a weekly thing? Are you there all the time? You're so interested about this. I don't I don't know. I just thought it's, it's a thing. Like, I don't know anybody else. Really? I've not met anybody else who's ever told me, hey, I do Kung Fu. Really? Yeah. It's, just, it's big. It's massive, isn't it? I don't know. Well, it's it's, it's not that it's not big. It's just that no one I talk to ever says that to me. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even think it was a big, it was a big thing, but like, yeah, no, I, I just really enjoy it. This is all it's going to say in the description of this episode. It'll just it's be just like about kung fu, isn't it? I'm just yeah, promoting. just like Andy chats with Future Cup about <laughs> kung fu. <laughs> That's all we do. We're just promoting kung fu. Yeah, yeah. kung fu and and pirating music software. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's good, though, because that must mean you're in shape. I'm not in shape, so I'm always excited when other people are. I feel good for them. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then in Kung Fu, though, like, do you learn, um, like, offensive, like, offensive moves? Yeah, offensive, yeah. Offensive, like, defensive, grappling, yeah. There's, like, different forms and things you have to learn, like, by memory and stuff like that. It's just, like, a, a lot of practicing, keep doing forms, and so... The more you practice in any circumstance, something happens, it's going to be like second nature. So it's a lot of just like repetition of like learning forms, forms, forms. That's all we do, actually. There is an element of like um, understanding like how other people's body movements is. So you kind of understand like how their body movement works and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just like a really cool story, especially Shaolin Kung Fu, how it came about. It's kind of like an interesting story behind it. So when, when I do Kung Fu, I do feel like it's part of a little bit of history. So yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like it's something from so long ago that I'm still doing, which is quite good. It was quite spiritual if, in, in a weird way. I don't know. I don't do it to like start fights or anything. I just do it more to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do it. Like, but I just do it more because like a good exercise. But second of all, it's just got this aspect of history that I feel like I, I'm, I'm quite part of. So it makes me feel quite good. So. Yeah, see, if I was doing Kung Fu, I'd be disappointed that the sound effects didn't sound like the movie. <laughs> you know, like when you watch like the old 70s movies and it's all like, whoosh, like every kick sound just sounds like a fucking, be- like a piece of wood snapping. <laughs> yeah, no, not going to happen. That's my favorite part is uh, actually they, they do have a whole shitload of, uh, of uh, Kung Fu movies and stuff on Tubi uh, to bring Tubi back into it. Because I, I was flipping through a whole bunch and I love like there's basically like three sound effects <laughs> that they just use in like all of those movies. Like there's just the three. There's like this really sharp snap sound that's like the, the kick. And then like there's the same sound for when they're whooshing their hands around. The whoosh, 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 it's like the same one. And- oh, I tell you know what film you should watch for the Kung Fu. Best, best Kung Fu film. All right. The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Trust me, you're going to love it. This 36th Chamber? Of Shaolin. That is a sick film. I've written that down too. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so what do I have to watch? I have to watch A Better Tomorrow, Not One Less, and the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Because the three of them are so different from each other. It's so weird. And there's yeah, no so... robots in any of these? No robots in any of them. No, <laughs> but, uh... 
I always ask my dad this because my dad always watches dramas and like uh, foreign films and stuff, and he's always like, "Oh, you got to see this movie." I'm like, "Are there any robots in it?" That's always my question. <laughs> you saying you should let me know? It might be quite cool. <laughs> oh, it's quite cool. Yeah, man. You know what? I sometimes you know what I do like to get inspiration. I ask like like elders and family members about the films they used to watch as a kid. So there's a period of like I've watched loads of like eighties Bollywood. The 80s and 90s Bollywood. Awesome. The thing about Bollywood, because now with with the budgets they have, there's some truly wild stuff. My issue is I'm just not a fan of musicals, like in general. But you know, the 80s and 90s, right? What you got to look at it is like, there are musicals, but they're just so sweet. The storyline is so sweet. It's so innocent. And the budget's not that big. I mean, it's very retro, like the stuff they wear and the way they act. That's where I, I, I take it from. And plus... I kind of imagine like my parents or my uncle or like some elder like watching it thinking as a kid like it meant a lot to them maybe not now but as a kid when they were young when I watch films retro films I just have that kind of idea and it just I just love it <laughs> like I would watch more because I've seen some trailers lately of like some more recent sort of Bollywood movies where they'll do like full on no don't watch the recent ones they're pants but they'll do epic shit where like there'll be like these fight scenes and stuff that are like so out there this is the only one you need to watch right but it's very romantic. I don't know. If you, it's called, it's DDLJ. I mean, this, the long word is Dilwali Lejaing. Dilwali, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Dilwali Dulai, something like that. But if you put DDLJ, it's from the 90s, top movie. But it's really long. It's like four hours long. Oh, three hours long. Aren't they all like three hours long? Isn't that the deal? Yeah, the, the, old, the old ones are really long. Like, really, like this one, is, I think it's three hours. It's not that not as long as... Well, the new hours. ones are too. Like, I was watching clips from fucking 2.0, you know, the one where the guy like... He's like a cyborg, and then like they forms the big ball of like a thousand. Don't watch the new ones. Don't watch the new ones. What is that about the cyborg? No, don't watch it. But the thing is, they will do these ideas that are so wacky yeah. that they are entertaining. Like, I, I, there's this yeah, one yeah. historical epic, and they're like, there's like these like lions, and the guy like jumps off the one, and they're having like a sword fight in midair and shit. And like, that's the stuff I'm like, dude, that is fucking awesome. But then when they break out into song, I'm just not a musical guy in general, like, regardless of. Maybe we won't, we won't like the one I mentioned that it's a lot of lot of dancing and music and even as a kid like I was never into Disney or whatever just because they like they just start singing I'm just like I'm not oh, here for the singing like I I mean oh, yeah. you know I know you but I am here for cool music so how about this let's listen to one more track and then maybe we can wind down yeah cool do you want to pick something oh for my own music yeah yeah just any anything whatever you want to listen to Gosh, that's got to be a real easy one to, for you to answer no it's not <laughs> oh I'll tell you what I'll, I'll tell you a good one that not got overlooked but like it's my, one of my favourite songs favourite one I mean I'm so sad because I'm saying it like I'm a fan of my own music but anyway there's one called Zen 44 on Voltron album I just love to making that track one of my favorite tracks all right cool then let's play that and then we'll uh we'll rind out isn't it zen 4040 4040 yeah all right well this is uh this is zen 4040 by future cup
All right, and that was Zen 4040 by Future Cup. Wait, is that how you say it, or do you say Zen 4040 or 4000? Oh, no, I don't know. I just 4040. I don't even, even think about it like that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. I just thought, oh, it'll sound cool if there's some numbers at the end. It looks like it's a space shuttle or something. Yeah. That was it. Because the music it gets a kind of like, it's got a really nice drive to it. It's quite, ep- it's got a, like an epic feel, and it's, you know, it's got something like that. So I thought, oh, right, yeah, 4040. Sounds like a space shuttle. It doesn't sound like a space shuttle at all, but I don't know, maybe at that time. <laughs> I like just sitting back and letting people talk and then see what happens. <laughs> but you can imagine all these people, like, if they're, they're listening, they think, oh, Fusico, I thought he was really deep guys. That's a, he's a bit of a joker. No, I'm joking. Oh, man, it's all good. They're going to find out that you're a what? kung fu master. <laughs> kung fu master. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a kung fu master. I can't believe we spoke so much about kung fu. I didn't even think it was a big deal. Oh, that's hilarious. But look, listen, uh, it's been fun to chat with you. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Talked about everything. There's nothing left anymore. <laughs> left. No, no surprises anymore. There's no surprises of Future Cup. That was it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's coming up? You said you were working on uh, something yeah. new? So a new album I'm working on. And uh, yeah, it's a bit more poppier, a bit more dancier, got a bit more sample stuff like vocal chops and stuff. I'm, I mean, it's kind of upbeat. That's the best way I can say it. Do you have any uh, cool plans for today? What are you going to do when we're done talking? Yoga. I'm not even joking. I sound, I sound like one of those funny people, but I'm actually going to do yoga, yeah. So what does that mean exactly? You're just going to go do stretches? Just do some stretching. <laughs> no, it's like stretching because the thing is I do a lot of gym. So um, I have to do a lot of stretching, but um, yoga helps me to stretch about more. Yeah, my shoulder lately has been pissing me off. I just keep thinking of myself as a robot. I'm just like, I want oil. Like, I want someone to squirt oil in my shoulder joint or something because I feel like that's what it needs. Stretching. You need to do stretching and massages. There you go. Yeah, I know. Everything takes time. Every time I sit oh, down... No. I- Trust me, I know. You don't want to know. Sometimes I watch a film and I'm stretching. That's what I do. That's probably a good idea, though. Yeah, it's good. Like, watch a film and just do all the, like, things you have to do. Like, stretching and stuff like that. I mean... When you get older, you gotta kind of. Do, I mean, the thing is, I do a lot. Of, I do kung fu. I do a lot of stuff, so I gotta keep on keep at it. If I don't, then like I'll get shoulder problems, like I've got. So I gotta keep on doing it. Yeah, it just uh, it sucks it, that there's no easy solution. There's no easy solution. No. I mean, I know everyone gets swayed by you know these stupid Instagram things and all these other words. It's like, oh, you just sign up for this program and everything will be all right, or eat this pill, or do this, and everything. Everything is just Constance. no. You got to stretch for like an hour, and you got to do this yeah. and that. Yeah, you stretch for an hour. Everything starts from the kitchen. You got to eat right. There's no. What is it? There's people. There's machines you stick on your stomach, and it gives you a six pack. Come on, that's just nonsense. I've seen that. They electrocute you. It's like some kind of like a futuristic alien machine just stuck to your stomach it's just like vibrating it looks odd but it's just yeah you're gonna do all the boring stuff unfortunately over here we had these infomercials from this guy called dr ho yeah. this was like back in the fucking 90s though where he had that thing that electrocutes your stomach and works out your abs and it literally is just it does a little shock yeah. and so it makes your abs tense up and that's like the exercise and i knew someone whose dad had one and it like kind of burnt his, t- his oh, belly shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that, I, trust me, you don't, can't trust those things. Yeah, because like when he took it off, there was like marks. Oh, man. from where the fucking electrodes were. <laughs> oh no, that's, 
Anyway, the, the point <laughs> is, you got to put the time in. You got to put the time in, unfortunately. And Future Cop has definitely put the time in. This is me wrapping things up. He's <laughs> been around since, uh, you know, the early 2000s making music. Once with Pete by his side, but Pete's gone off to uh, wherever Pete's gone to. <laughs> I like just calling him Pete. That's fun. Just Pete. <laughs> so then, when when was it, like, when, when did uh, officially, like... Pete was gone. Like, what year was that? What year would it be? Uh, maybe 2018, 19, something like that. It was just like slowly fading away, kind of, because he came, it'll come to gigs and stuff and sometime. Oh, it's 2019, yeah, because we did a few gigs and uh, it was around that time, yeah. Um, okay. So that's cool. So the the point is... Yeah, he's still with us in spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a pizza cool guy. Manzor's a cool guy. I think, hopefully, I don't know. That's, uh... <laughs> And uh, there's going to be more future cop music coming, so that's cool. cool. And uh, I guess that's all there is. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to have uh, some final words? Thanks for having me. It was really cool talking to you. You're a very good interviewer. I'll tell you that. I've tell. I've given you everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've well, given you everything. I've like totally like my, uh, how pants we were up producing. <laughs> I mean, I've given you everything, but you know. I think uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Thanks, thanks for having me. Well, it was uh, it was fun to chat with you. It's always nice to talk to people who are around in the uh, in the early days, you know. And then you know, thanks to I never really get to say it because you know I don't do that many interviews. But like, yeah, thanks to all the fans. I get really nice messages about how the music helped them and this way and that way. And you know, without that, I mean, that makes me just keep on going. So yeah, thanks to all all the fans all these years. There's people stuck by me for the years, like since the beginning. So amazing. And all the synthwave crew, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, listen, you have a you have a lovely day, and enjoy your yoga, <laughs> and enjoy your kung fu, and uh, whatever else is going on. Eating healthy. I try. No, it doesn't always go according to plan, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you take care, dude. All right. Nice one. Thanks again. Cheers. All right, and that was my chat with Future Cop. Hope you enjoyed that. Keep uh, listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave radio station there is. Uh, we got lots of fun shows. Uh, for those of you paying attention, every week is a different show, and it's been a lot of fun to put together. And also, we're going to be doing more live streams as well. I don't have a schedule yet, but if you want to tune in to a live stream, just follow Beyond Synth on Twitch or on YouTube, because that's where they stream. The live stream show isn't Beyond Synth. It's called Andy at Desk, because it's me at a desk, but I am going to be doing interviews with people in the synthwave scene. But I've also got some interviews lined up with people outside the synthwave scene who just happen to be doing something I think is interesting, so I'll be talking to some game designers and uh, people like that, so stay tuned to the stream, and then sometimes it's just me babbling for a few hours. It's kind of a gamble, but you know, you can tune in and have a good time, and uh, that's what we like to do. So, have a lovely week, thanks for listening to the show, tune in next time, and uh, you're all cool. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.